Welcome to the Terrific Tuesday edition of your favorite sports show coming from the studios of Futa Radio 93.1 FM Akure. This is Sports Lounge. Tonight on the show, we'll recap the league actions that went down over the weekend and also the Monday night football where the Invincibles captain, Patrick Vieira, and the FA Cup winning captain, Mikel Ateta, who are both coaches now, played out a feisty 2-2 draw right there at the Emirates. We also have the most glamorous club competition, the UEFA Champions League. I remain the master tactician, Philip Abiolu, and I've got my lone striker, AY, with me. And when we're back from this short break, it's business proper. Via our lines 080-6452-3344 or 0816-408-4381. Remember to turn down the volume of your radio when you call us. Please keep your comments brief and devoid of foul language. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Puta Radio 93.1 FM, coolest in the city. Sports Lounge. Sports Lounge. On Futa Radio 93.1 FM. And turn up the volume. Sports Lounge. Sports Lounge. It's nothing but sports. sports. This is Sports Lounge.
than the gun. Lover, lover, I wanna be a lover forever, forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you leave me a good time, I suck. You are like the oxygen I need to survive. I'll be honest. I'm laughing, they thought I need me. I am so obsessed. I want to chop your Thank you for sticking with us and very quickly we'll be starting off at the Emirates Stadium where Arsenal and Crystal Palace played out a 2-2 draw uh, right there last night in the Monday Night Football. Uh, at the Emirates Stadium, Arsenal took an early lead inside the first seven minutes when Aubameyang stamped in the ball from a Pepe shot that was saved but a lapse in concentration in the second half from uh, Thomas Partey allowed Crystal Palace steal the ball off him and uh, Christian Benteke equalized. And also again, not long after, another error from Sambi Lokonga allowed uh, Crystal Palace through Gallagher to steal the ball off him and play in Edward Hudson that also, you know, roofs the ball and gave Crystal Palace the lead. Not until the last minute of the game when Alex Randall-Lacazette, a substitution, a substitute in that game, scrambled on the equalizer for Arsenal and Arsenal more or less uh, stole, it, stole two points uh, off. off Crystal Palace rather than Crystal Palace doing the dirty job. It was Arsenal that did the dirty job. AY, what do we make of this game? Yeah, I think um, Arsenal, I think, started quite brightly uh, with um, Aubameyang putting in the ads, with his pressing. Um, they were quite impressive, and then they got the goal. But with Arsenal, as we've seen in recent weeks, um, except that Tottenham game, they've actually failed to actually take control of games. And you know, um, when they are in this good, or when they take the lead, or when they do something like they fail to actually stamp their authority. And um, you think with the likes of um, Thomas Partey and um, Lokonga in, in the centre of the park, they should have enough body to be able to, you know control the game both physically and technically but for some reason um both of them were caught you know sleeping on the ball and you know they were um culpable for both goals and um Antonio Edward who was once um uh targets for Arsenal while playing at Celtic got you know showed why you know he was so 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 um valued or you know why Arsenal watched him so many times. But I think um for Arsenal again um it's it's becoming this pattern where um, I think another issue is the the, 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 the lack of urgency. I mean, where uh, with Pepe, we still don't know what's you know the issue. I mean, uh, mentioning Pepe, let me just let me just drop my two cents. <laughs> I think at this time, Arsenal fans listening, uh, I'm not throwing banters or I'm not throwing stones or yeah. anything, but I think Arsenal should actually cut their losses <sighs> and ship Pepe off. Yeah, because yeah, I agree with you because just, just do it. Just uh, know that you've been. You don't let me say you've been scammed. Just know that you didn't get value for, for your money. money. Yeah, it's one of those bad businesses. Yeah. Just move on from him. Because um, I, I I agree with you on that. Because you know, with him, it seems like you know it depends on maybe he's feeling good that day or something. I mean, sometimes you watch him play and say, okay, maybe there's because something. This is his third season at Arsenal. Yeah, and then you know, in the, those three or let's say in those two full seasons, we are yet to still see anything. Uh, so I think um, for 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 Arsenal, yeah, maybe they should cut their losses with Pepe. And I think one other one 
other little little shining lights from yesterday's game was when Lacazette came on and then they moved Aubameyang to the left. They had this you know bits of yeah, partnership that Lacazette you know he inspired some urgency. In the yeah, game. yeah, and then you know even when he came on, you could see when the one with corner was pumping the crowd because it felt maybe the atmosphere was getting a bit dull. And who can blame the fans when after you know your team took the lead in the seventh minute and before you know it the game is you know going away from you two one but I think for Arsenal it's you know more of the same. Um you know the the, the win at Norwich it still feels like you know it was just um a poor Norwich side, same with Burnley and even when they beat Tottenham it now feels like maybe they you know they met uh, a very very woeful Tottenham but um, the last two games against Brighton against Crystal Palace two teams who are trying to play football the right way who maybe um are doing things that's not thought you know um Arsenal will be doing on that that have shown that you know there's still work to be done with that squad but um like I said um Crystal Palace will feel like they actually threw away two points than they actually gained one. Uh, another person that stole the headlines yesterday had to be Mike Dean, uh, referee, <laughs> center referee Mike Dean, and also the VAR uh, guys. In fact, all the officials on the night. Let, mm. Let's not just say the VAR guys because uh, an incident happened between um, Abukayo Saka and uh, I think, uh, was it Ato? What was his name? I can't remember. No, yeah, McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy, yeah. yeah. yeah where he, uh, you know, uh, he had that dangerous tackle. Yeah, that dangerous tackle and hit Abukayo Saka in, you know, a very, very dangerous place right in front of Mike Dean. And for some reason, I don't know, it seems like Mike Dean just you know, he likes to be the center of attention sometimes when he's... How, how was that not a red card? It beats me. I mean, if there was no VR, the VR that, that, yeah. I was about saying that if there was no VR, it's okay. Maybe the referee didn't say. But then there is a video assistant referee to review these things. I mean, okay, if you missed it, that that's obviously that's our job to, I, to I mean, tell you oh you missed something. Yeah, they will tell you clear and obvious error, and that was a clear and obvious error from Mike Dean. So if he has you know, if it's happening in front of him and he's saying he's not seeing at least they should call him. But sure, you know, see just happened. And um, I think maybe that would have changed the whole complexity of the game. And um, obviously, officiating in England is still um, still leaves a lot to be desired. But I still think um, going you know, back that, to that tackle ruled Bukayo Saka out of the game because they had to take him off. Yeah, and then they had to bring in someone else. And also another another incident was the pressing of a party that led to the equalizer. Yeah. You know, um, we as analysts were looking at the the, the uh, footage and even the live game, and we we figured if it is a foul, when you know uh, a follow through. Uh, let me try and break his, break this down for listeners as you know easy as possible. When a a when an offensive player or the player in possession of football yeah. has already given the ball away or has made the pass, yeah. but there is a follow-through tackle, which yeah. is a tackle from the opposite, uh, opposition player. Yeah. Even though the ball had left the player that was with the ball before, the late tackle is called a follow-through. Yeah. Now, on a normal day, a follow-through is a foul. Yeah. Even though the player has given out the ball or has yeah, lost yeah. possession yeah. or is no longer with the ball. Yeah. But on the night yesterday, Pate lost the ball but a clear stud from uh, the Crystal Palace player um, was a follow-through yeah. on yeah. party, and there was no foul. I mean, we already touched it. They officiating yesterday, you know, still... It was a bit shambolic, if you ask me. Not a bit shambolic. That's not sugar-coated here, but... And, uh, you know, calls have been uh, coming out about referees in the EPL. Yeah, there is a reason... Since they are hell-bent on just being... Um, controversial I mean there's a reason none of them went to the, the World, World Cup, Cup in yeah. 2018 it's not um, you know it's not surprising for the most I publicized mean, league in the world yeah I mean <laughs> no referee it, made the World Cup yeah it, say, it says a same lot same with Nigerian Premier League referees yeah, they're it, on the it, same it, it, it says a lot and I think 
the referee in there sometimes you look at it and think these guys have been refereeing for years how i think i think the last english referee to refer um a champions league final had to be award Webb. yeah or no i think um mcclattenburg i think maybe either clattenburg or, or, or i think oh, i think yeah i think clattenburg or or web maybe uh, and both are no longer in the EPL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Klaasenburg is now. Consulting. So it seems there yeah. there is a a, a, a uh, will I say a nosedive in standards of referees in EPL. Generally, there's nosedive of referees, but then it's more obvious in um, in the Premier League where not you know I, mean, I don't want to call in, but then we've seen you know week after week after week. There's always or there will always be these decisions that. Um, you know, doesn't make sense. You know, any way you want to look at it, and um, maybe very soon we've seen technology coming to football with the VR and everything. Maybe who knows? Because if uh, you look at, uh, I, 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 you know, mentioning technology, yeah. the issue with technology is we we said some of pe- some people were of the opinion that the way video games run, yeah. where the entire refereeing system is. AI, yeah. artificial intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not bring that to football? And some people say, no, 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 let's not rule out the human you know, effect. Let's still keep you know, humans in the center of the park. Let them make the decisions. Let technologies help us to make Even- those decisions. Eventually, we get there. <laughs> but now, m- looking at those two key decisions, a red card that was, avo- that was not given, and also the equalizing goal that was allowed to stand, and it wasn't even reviewed. Yeah, obviously, um, yeah, you know, are, are we? Are we? Uh, is this a case of the EPL misusing the VAR or using it as at when convenient for them? Because if they will scrutinize a goal to, let's see the boot. If the boot is zero point five meters offside, or if the hand is you know zero point zero zero one meters onside, yeah, why not? Also, why didn't they do that same due diligence yesterday? Yeah, it was a mistake on their part, and um, I think. It, this is why I, th- I forgot the coach who said, you know, do, you know the way players and you know managers, you know, have to face you know certain repercussions for their actions. Maybe referees, referees need to start. Yeah, I've also this. been of the same opinion. Uh, because maybe um, like yes, th- th- there's nothing uh, we can say here that will change anything. But then if after the game, Mike Dean and his team, you know, were called and maybe yeah, were given a fine yeah. or something, you know, for especially for errors that are very very clear and obvious. I mean, if if it's something that's still you know debatable, now you can let it go. But then uh, maybe. Um, that should be done. If not, I think if it continues like this with the whole rumblings and with the whole movement, we might just see a, a case where you know AI come in, comes in and take um, the job of referees. So, uh, one, one, no, one last thing before we leave Arsenal. Uh, is Ateta really taking Arsenal forward or is he just like his counterpart at Man United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? With Ateta, it has always been, um, you know, a, a one step forward, three back or backwards. three backwards, and you know, like I said, after the wins, you know, they started the season poorly. But you know, there were talks of um, injuries. Yeah, no, they started leaks and um, poorly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but there were talks of you know injuries. You know, he's not got. He had the full fit squad yesterday, yeah, and yeah, he had uh, 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 sixteen solid days. To exactly, for and, that and, game. and then uh, you know, um, they now had uh, that run of results where they, I think you know, three wins in in three. Yeah, Norwich, um, Burnley, and yeah, Norwich, Burnley. I mean, they are no, I mean, they are not pulling up any trees. And then for for Tottenham, they were not really good. And now, now, in the last two games, you know, it's has, you know, it's, I mean, uh, he has played the sense and has shown that there's still work to be done. Uh, I mean, so with Ateta, I, I guess it's still like, it's still what's happening, um, similar to what happened in Man United, you know, for every, you know, positive step they take, they take like two or three backwards that make you question how long. I mean, like you said, 16 days. Um, as I cannot say, they have European commitment. I mean, the, in, you have, um, before he was complaining of there was no time to, you know, coach the players, to let them learn the tax. So, now you have the whole midweek free. When others are traveling here and they're, you okay, come to training, work on this task. Speaking of having free time, 
Patrick Vieira has spent just five months at Crystal Palace, so, and you can already see. You know, when you were, you know, you were critical of Patrick Vieira at the beginning of the season, and yeah, I yeah. told you I watched their first game, and the way they played already showed that. Oh, okay, we've left the Roy Hodgson era yeah. where they usually just sit back. Mm. It's like they are there for the taking. Whatever you want to do with Crystal Palace, just go there and do with them. Vieira was, you know, their first game he was already telling them press, press, press. Don't give anybody space and. Look at how they played yesterday. They played more like the bigger side, and Arsenal were perhaps the ones chasing the game. They were. This is the. I think this is the second or third straight game where Arsenal would have um, fewer possession of the ball in the EPL. Three consecutive games down, their opposition has uh, had outpossessed them. Uh, yeah, yeah outpossessed them, and you know you you start to wonder. First, they said this manager didn't have time. Yeah. Now this is a study in the seat. Secondly, they said he didn't have money to spend. This season, only United outspent him. And now you wonder, what more? You've given him time and money. Yeah, to be honest, um, to answer the question honestly, I don't think he's taking them forward. I think um, he's made them stagnant and a bit, um, you know, uh, maybe, should I say, tiring to watch, you know, annoying to watch a bit. They're no longer exciting them. It's boring is the word. Um, so I don't think he has really taken them forward. Let's be honest. You, we are not really seeing any clear defense between you know Una Emery and um, Mikel Ateta. Una Emery eleven that Ateta inherited only two players. Yeah, are so, so this is his left. team. This is his yeah. team. This is the signing. Only Jack and yeah, and the people who got new contracts were the people he wanted to be given new contracts. So I think he has not done enough, and um, I think. We need to start having a discussion about if is I mean not we the people at Arsenal the powers <laughs> that be need to start having this discussion so, uh, if he's the one um, to take them um, forward because um, the way it's going if they continue like this they might not make Europe because if you know uh, with all due respect to them Brighton and Crystal Palace are outplaying you I mean uh, well I think um, Atleta's position needs to be reviewed if things don't really, really pick up very, very quickly. Okay, and crossing over to the Italian Serie A, a very, very exciting league, I must tell you, where it is back-to-back, end-to-end stuff. You win, <laughs> you go on top, you lose, you drop to like sixth, <laughs> you win again, you go on top. You know, it's just back and forth with, uh, you know, the big boys in Italy where Napoli recorded their ninth straight win or eighth straight win of the season yeah. uh, with uh, Victor Simen getting the goal. How good is Victor Osimhen now? How good is he coming for Napoli? He's he struggled quite, last season, but this season... Yeah, he struggled a bit, but then he still had a decent season. I see. Yeah. Uh, I think he got into double figures. Double figures, yeah. yeah across, uh, all goals, competitions. across all competitions, which is fair. Given but now, but now uh, you know, at... Uh, what's the name called? Uh, at the Serie A alone this season, yeah. he has played eight games. Yeah. He has notched up... No, he, he missed a couple of games due to his red card, yeah. but he has not notched up uh, six goals already. Which is very, very impressive. And, uh, you know, he's improving, you know, his movement... Has always been there. He really, really has um, a good of the ball movement. But then one thing has, has uh, and has also improved is you know his interplay, which is um attackers, his fellow attackers. And I think um for Napoli he got the goal and um it was not really the you know the most beautiful goal, but then it was a poacher's goal. I mean I've seen him this season. I've seen him score you know tapping you know um shots from tight angles. And yesterday he was at the right place, right time. Um, and then he scored the goal. And then for Napoli um they are showing that they really mean business this season and they should have won by more. Um, Lorenzo Insigne missed a penalty, um, Jeliski missed um, a great um, edge chance, and um, you know, they played that game like they really meant business. And um, for Torino, well, it's still 
I remember the days when they wanted to sell Andrea Boletti for 100 million. And <laughs> it was like, yeah. Well, thank God. This, no. safe, this, safe, this safe guy. <laughs> so, so I think, I, I think um, they've not really done so well for themselves this season. But for Napoli, they're, they're, I mean, nine, um, eight straight games, eight straight wins. And they've missed um, key players at, at certain periods. Like I said, well, the time Osimhen was missing because of his red card. Um, they've had Dries Mertens out for a while. So um, they are really... I think when know, they have a fully fit squad, yeah. they will be like... That's an unstoppable force. Yeah, they're staking a claim. I mean, they're staking a claim that, I mean, if anybody wants to win the league this season, they have to actually be ready for uh, them. Uh, is Spalletti doing... Uh, is pa- yeah, Spalletti. Uh, yeah, Luciano is, Spalletti. Is, Pal- is Luciano Spalletti doing something... Uh, is he really the coach now or, let's say, the players are just insisting on this season no, we have to win? No, I think they always had quality players, not that Napoli, but I think last season was General Gattuso and... And the last time they went very close was on our Mauricio side. They got 90 points, I think, but, you know, Juventus were just too good that season. And um, since then, on that got so they've done, you know, they play some nice stuff. They have they have quality players, so they always play nice football. But, you know, for some reason, they were not really, it seems as if they were not playing to, um, to um, the best of their abilities. But um, since Luciano Spalletti has come in, everybody, everybody's game has gone, you know, to another level. Kulibali is on a different level. And I think, you know, it's it's a marriage that is working out very very well right now. I don't know the players carrying out the coach's instruction and they are finding a way to win anyhow handsomely by narrow goals by own goals. By they hook don't or care. Crook. Yeah, they don't care. And speaking of hook or crook win, uh, Juventus did one over AS Roma. Mourinho's AS Roma. It was perhaps a grab and a smash and grab. Italian job. Yeah, the Italian job. Right Juventus did the Italian job over <laughs> AS Roma. AS Roma played. The beautiful football, they moved faster. They, you know, it was lovely to see Mourinho transform this team already to a team that is playing like a big team because AS Roma last season they were not so dominant, they didn't really dominate games, but they dominated Juventus. But Juventus showed champion stuff yesterday. They had that single attack from um Moiskin and they got the goal, yeah. And that was it. They locked up till full time. The old ladies doing the Italian job, I mean, and um. Roma also missed a penalty. We must add yeah. that too. And you know, actually, they, they had were, chances. They, they were had the better chances. side. They were yeah. creating chances. That, um, it was sad to see um, Tammy Abraham not take the penalty. But in hindsight, it's a blitz because very true is the designated penalty taker, and he normally scores from um, the penalty spots. But I think um, for Juventus again, they are showing this experience that yes, you might Six be straight wins, yeah, and, and you know, slowly but surely they are climbing up the table. But they are still you know still missing Dybala and um, Alvaro Morata. So maybe when those two comes back. They might be a bit more expansive in the way they play, but one thing that has always been um, with Juventus and one thing they can always call on is you know that defense, that sturdy defense. When you have Chiellini, Bonucci, and um, Delit, uh, you know who can either play all three at the back or rotate um, three of them for the two positions, they are quite quite stingy in that defense. And um, I think for Mourinho's Romanas, two losses now back to back, and I'm sure he won't be happy. He's never always satisfied, so trust he won't um, Roma firing because I remember at the start. Of the season, and uh, people were asking the question: Could Roma really, you know, seek um, a claim you know, for, for this title? But yeah, um, but you know, injuries. They had a few injuries, and um, once everybody's back fit for Roma, trust me, um, you still see them firing on awesome them. But then for Juventus again, like I said, old lady stuff, old heads. They knew when to pick um, the moment, scored the goal, locked up shop, and um, they will feel like yeah, they deserve the win.
yes, not only the most iconic club competition, also the competition with the most iconic tune. Yeah. That tune, whenever you hear it, you just know. You just know. It's a big night. What in my boy, you just know. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the competition we're talking about, if you don't know now, I will tell you the UEFA Champions League, where we have big games, you know, going down tonight, and one big team already playing uh, Man City up against Club Bruja, and it's already 5-1 in favor of Manchester City. Goes from Jao Cancelo, Rian Mares, Kyle Walker, Cole Palmer, and also another goal from Rian Mares put five past Club Bruja and they have run consolation goal from Hans Van Eken. I think uh, whatever Club Bruja had in mind, Pep Guardiola and his boys had, you know, other plans for them because maybe they were open for an upset yeah. just the way they held uh, PSG. PSG down to a goalless draw. But, but um, Man City were not having any of that. Yeah, Man City will always make it difficult for a team like Club Bruja who wants to play attacking football. They always leave spaces in behind that. Behind, team. yeah. And since they have the quality of players who will exploit those spaces, so I think um, no surprise is there that you know it's five one at home to um, Club Rohe. I think um, maybe people thought because they held PSG to a draw, yeah, they, went to, they, they went to Leipzig and they, def- they defeated Leipzig in Germany. They were thinking maybe just me, but then um, I think they've been brought down back to earth by uh, a team with obvious quality who. Um, know that you know, like you said, no matter what club tried, whatever their plans were, um, I, I think when they got onto the pitch, they already knew that uh, surely um, tonight was not going to be their night. Yeah, speaking of nights that won't be their nights, we have a big fixture coming up with uh, you know in group in right in group B of the UEFA Champions League, Atletico Madrid up against Liverpool. I remember if you don't know, there was this funny encounter between these two teams. Where Atletico won right there at the Wanda Metropolitano and Trent Alexander Arnold and Andy Robertson kept yeah. saying, Oh, there's a second leg, they will come to the uh what's that Liverpool Stadium? Yeah, to the Anfield Stadium, we'll meet them at Anfield and everybody kept saying they will come to Anfield, they will come to Anfield. And guess what? They came, they saw, they conquered. Yeah. Um I remember that game. I think that was the game that sparked the whole COVID um issues and everything. And <laughs> yeah, that was the yeah, last game. Yeah, with fans, before, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um yeah, Liverpool have found it hard to actually beat Atletico. Not just, I mean, the last time they won, I think, was in 2008. And, um, you know, they've shown that Atletico Madrid is that very, very difficult team in Spain that's always going to give them trouble. They've not really had so much fun whenever they um, visited Spain. I think even when they um, did that comeback against Barcelona, they got beaten by Barcelona um, in the camp, at the camp now by, you know, 3 yeah. 0. And, um, you know, this is Simone's Atletico. They'll always be very, very difficult to play. But um, they have some defensive issues. Um, Savage Hunt is not playing. Um, Jimenez is also not playing. And surprise, surprise, um, Luis Suarez is also not starting. This one started from the bench. And for Liverpool, I just think they are in a very, very good run of form, especially that man, Mo Salah. So, um, and when Salah is in that kind of form, I'm sure they would believe that, you know, um, they have the arsenal or you know the the, uh, the capability to break down even the sternest of defenses and um for atletico madrid they want to try and make sure that they are the wonder that they make life very very difficult um for liverpool but i still think this game might just i think the two of them will cancel each other out because it, i think um both tactics are suited to actually you know cancel out each other once team, one team wants to run one team wants to limit the space for you to run into so it's going to be very very difficult i mean it might take individual brilliance, um, you know, luck, or just you know one very very strange happening for you know for f- to to separate these two sides because I still I expect them to go at it, you know, 
back and forth and you know set space in this game will be very very important let me give you statistics you can take to any bank to exchange for cash the last time liverpool won over atletico madrid right there in europe you had to go way back to 2010 at the europa league final stages at the Europa League, it was a 2-1 win for Liverpool. Yeah. But ever since then, Atletico Madrid has edged Liverpool everywhere. A 1-0 win in 2010, yeah. uh, a 1-0 win in 2020, and another 3-2 win in 2020. So do you think uh, this tonight, do you think maybe Luis Suarez must have been a double agent to give Atletico Madrid all the expo that he knows about Liverpool yeah, and how they play. It will be. I mean, he didn't play under club. He played under Bernard Rogers and yeah. a very, very different team. A very different Com- team. Yeah. So um, Liverpool are a different team compared to what he left there. So I think um, if he was going to give them any any expo, he's be, maybe the atmosphere. Maybe the, yeah, the, the Liverpool, and the, uh, Liverpool the Anfield, fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what to expect. And um, like you just said. Um, Atletico Madrid have. They've had the edge over um, Liverpool since 2010. But I still think with Liverpool's current form and then with Mosala's current form, I mean, this, the things he's doing these days, I think um, Atletico Madrid really needs to you know, th- in, be very, very careful. But as always, as expected, you see Simone's side try and be very, very stingy defensively. So I said, um, set piece will be very, very important in this game. Uh, well, we, we, we left the game right there in Group A before we moved to Group B. Uh, that's the PSG uh, RB Leipzig game. Uh, confirmed lineup we have Kilo Navas in goal instead of uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma. We have Akimi Atraf, Marquinhos. Kimpembe and Nuno Mendes making the four-man backline. And in the three-man midfield, we have Ander Herrera, Idris Ganagaye, and Marco Verratti completing the three-man midfield. And up front, also a three-man attack of Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappe, and Julian Draxler. Yeah. No Neymar in this game. And, uh, yeah, he's injured. And PSG will have to make do with the firepower of uh, Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappe, and Julian Draxler. Yeah, I think they should have um, a lot about them to actually do. Uh, and Le- Leipzig have not won any game in the in, in the, the Champions, Champions League, season. and they've not really started the season so well. Um, even right there at the Bundesliga, the new manager is finding it very very difficult. Actually, you know, instill his own style of play um, with them, and they also lost you know three or four key personnel. That's the coach um, Konate and um, Umpamecano, and also Mitchell Sabitzer. I mean, so those are. Th- those are like four or five key personnel who made Leipzig tick last season. So this season, it's a new setup, new set of defenders, uh, and the new coach. They are finding it hard to actually, you know, play the way we would expect them to play. But with PSG, like I said, um, the one on Friday that is in the French league, but it's still well, not. Win. Yeah, yeah, it's still not convincing from from Pochettino's side. He's still struggling to find this balance. What is his best midfield? What is his the best midfield that connect the attack. How do they, you know, make up for Lionel Messi not pressing and him walking around <laughs> and stuff like that? So he's still don't, trying don't to. Don't throw shots. No, no, but that's the truth because if you want he, to talk to him, talk to him directly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the truth because he's not going to press. He's not going to, you know, track back most of the time. He's going to walk about and, you know, expect when the ball gets to him, he does this thing like he did against um, a Man City. But Poch needs to find a way to accommodate that. Um, so I think. Um, without Neymar tonight, and no Di Maria, also also no Icardi, um, maybe Leipzig might think maybe they have a chance, but then they're still Kylian Mbappe, they're still um, Julian Draxler. Julian Draxler, who I mean used to be the golden boy of um, German, football. German football at one point, and then there's always yeah, uh, um, the speeding bullet of Ajava Kimi. So I think they have um, a decent score to win the game, and um, would ex- as expected with Leipzig, it's always going to be an open game, and we should expect goals. Well, they've met three times in the Champions League. Uh, 
Baka winning, uh, I said Baka, PSG winning twice, while Leipzig winning once in 2020 with a 2-1 win right there when they were both in Group H. Mm. And uh, they met in the semifinals last year where uh, PSG pumped them 3 nil. You know, and also they, they they won the reverse fixture also. So uh, we wish both teams best of luck. Moving over to uh, the next fixture in Group B, where we have AC Milan taking on FC Porto. What do we expect in that game? A very interesting game. Um, uh, well, before you go into the game, let me just read out the lineup here. I have it here with me. I'll start with AC Milan. We have Tarachanu in goal. Yeah. Yeah. We have Traore in uh, defense. Fikayo Tomori and Simon. Yeah, yeah. and then Calabria making a four-man uh, defense where the three-man midfield is Kronich, Benacer and Tonali where up front they have the uh, exciting talent of Rafael Leao Olivier Giroud experience and also um, Selamikas making up the three-man uh, attack up front while for uh, FC Porto, we have a 4-4-2 formation. I love managers that still play, you know, the traditional 4-4-2. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, we have Dogo Costa in goal. Uh, we have Mario Pepe, Mbempe, and Wendell right there in the four-man midfield, four-man defense, rather. And in the four-man midfield, we have Oliveira, Uribe, Otavo, and Diaz. Uh, while up front, we have Taremi. Evan Nielsen and Taremi. Yeah. Exciting talents too up front for P- uh, FC Porto, yeah. but the last time uh, they played in the Champions League, we know they considered five at home. Yeah, like um, with the thing with Porto is, do you think AC Milan would put one past them? Uh, I think one or five. No, like will they get a win over? It's going to be Porto? difficult because Milan are missing some players through injury. There's no Theo Hernandez, there's no Brian Diaz, and there's no Mike Minigan in goal because um, he broke a, his hand while on international duty and. Um, there's also no Francesi, so these are you know three big names who usually and make Ibra. Yeah, um, Ibrahimovic. Yeah, and there's no there's no Ibra also. He's starting from the bench, but um, for Porto, like, why I say it's going to be interesting is when Porto play big sides, especially big sides that is not named Liverpool. <laughs> they, yeah, because it seems like whenever they face Liverpool, they forget how to defend. When they play big sides, if you remember last season, um, City, I, I think City scored just one goal in both legs. They also um, frustrated Atletico Madrid um, um, earlier this 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 um, in this campaign of the Champions League. But then when they play side that are on similar level to them, they come out and they attack and they can do that quite well. And with um, AC Milan and Stefano Pioli, it has always been attack, 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 and. They just find a way to score goals. I mean, they were two zero down against Hellas Verona um, uh, in the weekend, um, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, they found a way to win three two. So I think we should expect goals also in this one. But I think right there at the drag out, Porto are always going to make life difficult. And with Milan missing some of these key players, I think um, Porto should have the upper hand. But one thing with this Milan side is you never know. They always have this, you know, this trick, this surprise of their slaves. So um, maybe we might see that happening. But I think the night will belong to Porto, but there would also be goals involved in this one. Moving over to the next group, we have Group C, where Besiktas are currently losing 3-1 to uh, Sporting uh, Lisbon. And also Ajax will be welcoming Borussia Dortmund right there. You know, in Group C, what do we expect from particularly Ajax and Borussia Dortmund? Two teams with young, yeah, young attacking talents. And particularly, I think um, other leagues apart from the Serie A and the La Liga and also the EPL, most of those leagues pay attention more to the attack. They don't really care what happens in their defense. That's why a lot of those leagues don't really produce, you know, popular defenders that we know. But when you talk about young attackers, speedy attackers, they always churn them out from Ajax, from Dortmund. And, you know, you can expect that any day, any time when you put an Ajax team and a Dortmund team, 
they will be start with PCB players. Yeah, obviously. And um, with um, Ajax, for some reason, Sebastian Haller is good again. I mean, for someone who was struggling to get goals at West Ham, um, you know, he's the top scorer of the Champions League this season. And yeah. um, Ajax went to Sporting's home and then they pumped them five. And the ease at which they did that was quite frightening. And Dortmund themselves have started really, really well, led by that man, um, Haaland, who, I mean, who lives for scoring uh, goals. Sporting just made it four against Besiktas. <laughs> Who, who live for goals and I, I, I think um, you know like I said we should expect goals in this one because these are two teams who like to play attacking football for Ajax this season they've been playing some of the, you know, the best football I've seen in you know Europe's um, top leagues and especially with um, Anthony the right winger who's very very exciting to watch as, as usual Tadif you always try to make something happen and then we don't only have Marco Royce back fit again for you know an extended period we've been able to see him play regularly these days there's also the exciting should Bellingham, and then you couple that with Witzel, Julian Brandt, Ellen Haaland, and Daniel Malen. It's you know it's um, prepping up to be a very very exciting game with so many actions, so Do- many highlights. They're lining up in a four-three-one-two formation. So yeah. uh, Daniel Malen is partnering Alan up front yeah. with Marco Rios playing as the number eight. Yeah. You know, just behind them. Yeah. So as they've done for most for most of this season, I think um, they might meet uh, they might miss um, Rafael Guerrero, but Nico Schuz has shown that he's. Uh, more than uh, a capable um, backup. Uh, left back. Yeah, so I think um, the defense is still okay with uh, Homos and um, Akonji there. You know, two ball playing defenders. Akonji. Akonji. <laughs> now, now we get. Forget how those commentators pronounce his name. Uh, <laughs> is it Manuel Akonji? Okay, Manuel Akonji. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think you know there will be you know so many highlights in this game, so many goals. Um, I think this will be one of the best games in terms of attacking yeah, and, play. I yeah, mean, because like play. these two teams don't really care. If, yeah, they don't about care. The like, I mean, look, okay. look at the game that went down last week. Um, Bayern Leverkusen and, against Bayern Munich. I mean, so Leverkusen it, considered four, and they were still keeping an eye line. So it's like they don't know the concept of defending here. Exactly. And, um, it's why I said, and we all know how Ajax wants to play. Ajax don't mind if you're giving them nine. They will always want to play. You know that one touch, quick football with um, exciting players. So I think. Um, in terms of um, goal mount action, um, Ajax versus Dortmund would be the most interesting game tonight. Yeah, before we go on, let me just quickly open the phone line so fans can call in and react on any topic we've uh, mentioned. This is still Sports Lounge on Futa Region I 3.1 FM. We've talked about Arsenal under Ateta playing out a 2-2 two draw right there at the Emirates Stadium. We've talked about Osime inspiring Napoli to their ninth consecutive win in the Syria uh, and also AS Roma uh, falling to Juventus the old ladies of Italy and we've talked about you know the fixtures going on in the UEFA Champions League Man City winning right there at Club Bruja and PSG welcoming RB Leipzig Atletico welcoming Liverpool FC Porto taking on AC Milan and Besiktas winning right there losing right there to Sporting Lisbon at home right there in Turkey and lastly Ajax uh, welcoming Borussia Dortmund phone lines are 0806 Three three four four and zero eight one six four zero eight four three eight one. I'll take that again. Zero eight zero six four five two three three four four and zero eight one six four zero eight four three eight one. Moving over to Group D, we have Inter Milan welcoming FC Sheriff Inter Sheriff. Milan. Yeah, the, the Sheriff. Dying sound. The sheriff that got one past, if you've forgotten, they, they got one past uh, Real Madrid and in the last game. And did one over Shakhtar too? Yeah, and did you one over Shakhtar? Sheriff have six points. Let's see who's on the line here. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Yeah, good evening. Speak up. 
Oh, we lost that call. Please try and call us again. The phone line still remains 006 452 and 0816-408-4381. So we're talking about Sheriff doing one over uh, Shakhtar and Real Madrid. Yeah, so um, I'm sure Inter would want to take them seriously. Uh, they lost their last match against Lazio. Uh, Hold on. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Your name and your contribution. My name is William from Okay, let's have you. Um, I want to introduce talk about uh, the university map. Uh, actually, I, I feel that most uh, with the fund they are also in now, I feel uh, they should be able to spend the part of their Definitely, we expect uh, Masiti to qualify out of their group. Out of their group, so, yeah. Um, uh, I'm giving Liverpool the match tonight. I feel that um, Liverpool will be in current form of Montala. I think we should be able to uh, uh, put in the, give in the goal and um, help uh, Liverpool to uh, edge over Atletico Madrid tonight. All right. Uh, it's going to be an important match day, but um, at the end of the day, I see Liverpool uh, coming out and the players are coming out. Okay, thank you very much for calling. Uh, last caller thinks uh, Liverpool will stroll to the Wanda Metropolitano and get one over Atletico Madrid. I can't remember the last time Atletico Madrid lost at the Wanda Metropolitano. It's been a while. It's been a while. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Good evening. What's your name and where you're calling from? Um, my name is Ibrahim. I'm calling from Akure. Okay, your contribution. I actually want to talk about... Um, Arsenal and Mikel Ateta. Mm. Are you an Arsenal fan? No, no, I'm not an Arsenal fan. All right, all right. Uh, but Arsenal has always been a team I like. Mm. But okay. um, uh, I think Arsenal should do away with Ateta. Oh, wow. Because um, at least with the current squad they have now and most of their players back from injury, so I think... Um, the only problem they are having is coach. It's as if the job is bigger than Ateta. So a big team like that shouldn't be a place where you bring someone to come and do try and error. So I, I, I believe they should do away with Ateta and get a better coach. And concerning the Champions League this night, um, the game of Liverpool, Athletic Madrid, we all know Athletic Madrid always have their way around Liverpool. So, I think it's one no. Okay. Once they score one goal, Atletico scored the only goal at the early minute. They will the match defend. is over. True. They will defend all through and the match is over. Thank you. I like that. Thank you very much for calling. Phone line still remains 06 Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Yeah, your name and your contribution. Yeah, this is Comet and Simi on the line. All right. Yeah, um, I want to talk about that uh, match of Arsenal and that of Liverpool and Atroco Madrid. Okay, comrade. Uh, for the that of Liverpool uh Madrid, you should know that uh, for now, I look, if you look at the form of Liverpool, I see, though it's very difficult, but I see Liverpool edging out Atroco uh, Madrid with a goal, one goal. Okay. With a goal win. Okay. And that of the Arsenal, to me, the Crystal Palace Arsenal match, I look at it as a, 
it's just between Ateta and uh, Vieira. And what do you call uh, Ateta Vieira? Uh, to me, I look at it, it's a bracket right between both two former Arsenal players, two former Arsenal Two former Arsenal captains. Yeah, exactly. They were coached by one coach. And you should know what Ateta said even pure before the match that as a winger showed uh, the, that, that is talk to them about being a coach after their career. Yeah. Taken over. So I look at that the blacking blacking right between the two. And then if you look at it, at least he has I think that has a, a trophy to show for it in Arsenal. Okay. Whether I like it or not. You know, he has a trophy to show. So the thing is and then this season was the season he got the players he wants and most of the some of these players have been injured. Okay. They understand me. Yeah, they the injured. Beginning from this season, the injured. Look at the caliber of team they lost to this season. They came price for you see what when they lost again price for people were saying it was a regression thing that came from the Premier League and but you look at what price for this doing. Price in the same thing, they had fifth. They only they lost only one match this season. You understand? So I don't still believe that they still have more time. So you think there's still more to come from Arsenal? Yes, Arsenal still need, see the thing is Arsenal should not think about any trophy this season in going to Europe. The team they should just swing between the first six position of it. And then by next season they'll start fighting for maybe the Champions League or first four. They just have close about two five years to rebuild that team. Okay. The team is coming off stage. So that's just my own contract. All right, Comrade, thank you very much for your contribution. Phone line still remains zero zero six four five two three three four four and zero eight one six four zero eight four three. It's one. Why? Yes, I think um, you know, sheriff. Yeah, they've gone to two towns or um, you know, <laughs> shooting down um, big, big boys. But Inter will not be giving the sheriff any inch tonight. I think Inter would win um, tonight, uh, especially considering how um, they lost their last match to Lazio. And um, Inter are still a very attacking side, especially under Simone. Um, Jacko has come in. They've not really missed Lukaku. Latoro Martinez is scoring. Um, Don Freeze has come in for you know Ashraf Hakimi. So I think it's still a very good team, and I think um, they would beat Sheriff. I would be surprised though if, if Sheriff, Sheriff makes it. I mean, then what <laughs> surprise on the road? Uh, yeah, that would be like three, three, three big surprises in the championship because I'm sure when they did the draw, I mean some people. Um, that is the sheriff um, um, fans and the sheriff boards yeah. and and their fans will be you know will just be laughing okay um, we'll just go and collect but then surprisingly they're the one giving out um, 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 the, the beating so I think surprisingly they're actually topping the group yeah with six points and um, it's more you know it's trickier for Real Madrid because if they fail to beat Shakhtar hello good evening hello good evening hello good evening Good evening, please. What time is Liverpool match? Liverpool. Liverpool's game is 8 o'clock. All right. Uh, uh, Liverpool's game is 8 o'clock. Most games, second uh, games that didn't kick off by, uh, I think, 5.45 will kick off by 8. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Okay. Nobody speaking there. Uh, phone line still remains 0806-452-3344 and 0816-408-4381. AY, the next game in that group is uh, Shakhtar Donetsk welcoming Real, Real Madrid. And um, I think the last time Madrid went to Shakhtar, they were embarrassed there. And um, that was in some of the darker days of, you know, the post-Ronaldo era. Real Madrid. But I think um, under Ancelotti, they've, you know, had a decent start to the season. Um led by the informed Karim Benzema who had decided... Well, they've labored in their last three games. Yeah, huh? they've labored and um, they're struggling. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. 
Uh, we seem to be having some issues with the phone lines, but keep calling 0064523344 and 0816408 Yeah, like you said, they've labored in their last three games, which have not been helped by the fact that that defense still doesn't know how to, you know, keep things out, even though for the heroics of Thibaut Couture, Madrid have considered more goals than they have um, this season. And then up front, it seems like it's only Karim Benzema who has decided he's going to take on um, the goal-scoring body. Yeah, but Vinicius too was on yeah, He was scoring, but then he, the goals have dried up. Um, Eden Hazard <laughs> has, you know, not, you know, for some reason has decided to score one two little goal per year for Real Madrid. Gareth Bale has been injured. <laughs> Do you struggle to see where these goals are coming from? Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Your name and your contribution? My name is Shei. All right, Shei, you have the floor. Okay, I just want to say that I hope um, Inter Milan will not have their own breakfast this evening. It was way sorry for additional breakfast for all these big clubs. You know, it's, it's something that is that is to be worse. So you are not very much careful. You are not very much careful. You have to play with caution yeah. um, to get something out of the match. Yeah, okay. And um, Liverpool as well. Liverpool, Liverpool, uh, Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid. One thing I think the match would boil down to is the tactical ability of both coaches. Liverpool is a team that loves to attack, believes to attack. And uh, uh, at Madrid are a team that loves to defend a lot. Now, both coaches must find a balance to get something out of the world. If they're going to play a draw, it's, it's, well, it's a champion's team, so obviously the weaker, um, weaker teams in the group, but I think that a win will make we do something very big for any of them that So it comes to how Liverpool will attack and have their goals without having a leaky defense. And how Adelico will be able to defend well at the same time, still be competent in their attack at the same time. So I think it's going to come down to how well the coaches could, could think. And then the last thing I want to say, I want to ask, please, when is Arsenal playing their own Champions League match? <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Arsenal fans, will, Arsenal fans will look out for you. They will look out for you. This is what I've done now. Mm. I can assure you, Arsenal fans won't take it lightly. But, you know, it is what it is. When are they playing their own? Five years now, they've not been in the Champions League. Hopefully, hopefully. Four lines zero remain zero zero six four five two three three four four and zero eight one six four zero eight four three eight one. It was saying uh Inter should be weary of this sheriff guys in town. True, I think Inter really need to be weary because a loss tonight will actually mean Sheriff might just sneak in qualification ahead of either of Inter or Real Madrid. As of now, I think they are, you know, somehow guaranteed to, you know, go mm. to the, the Europa League. I yeah. think if they can get some um, good results, right? But I think um, Inter would not underestimate them. I expect them not to. I mean, if it's you know, a different manager now. Yeah, it's a different manager, and, and for the Real Madrid game, they were quite lucky in the sense that Madrid had so many shots. They they just met the Madrid attackers on an off night, so um, maybe they'll be playing for that again this season. But I doubt that because you know um, at Inter Milan you have Barella who could score a goal, Jekyll who could score a goal, Lautaro who could score a goal. So and Inter are also competent from set piece situations. So I think it makes them. Um, 
I think probably the most difficult um, opponent they would face or they would have faced um, in this group. And then for the Real Madrid Shakhtar game, as I was saying, for Real Madrid, they really need to be careful. Um, they edged out a one new win against Inter, even though Inter were the better side. They got surprised by, you know, um, the Sheriff. sheriff. Uh, and right now they have injury worries across the pitch, um, especially that defense. They've lost um, Sergio Ramos and they've not really, really replaced him. Eda Militao is injured, I think, so which leaves um, David Alaba, Nacho, Nacho, Lucas Vasquez, and um, Gutierrez, um, I think a teenager from the academy because Felan Mendy is still injured, Marcelo, um, who knows where he is these days, and Danny Cavajal is also still injured. So, but I think with Kari Benzema in the form that he is in, I mean, he had decided. Um, he's going to do all the attacking things himself. I mean, he has 10 goals and 7 assists already this season. And uh, with Thibaut Couture and goal, um, probably they will fancy their chances against Shakhtar. But Shakhtar are always doing to cause problems for teams because, you know, they, you know, they're quite decent in the way they play. So I think um, for Real Madrid, it's going to be another tough night for them, given the injury words they have and then the form of some of the attackers. But then if all the big boys, the old boys, the quality that's obviously in that team come together, um, they should be able to get the result um, against Again, in this one, I think there will be lots and lots of goals. Phone lines are still open. You can call in and share your thoughts on everything we've discussed. 6 452 and 0816-408-4381. Moving over to reports coming out from Old Trafford. Uh, there are news and reports that it seems some people right there in the echelon of uh, power in Old Trafford seem like United have made a mistake resigning Ronaldo as the statistics show that he has covered the least kilometre and he has pressed the least among <laughs> forwards in the EPL. Is this like uh, an afterthought that maybe we shouldn't have gone for him? Maybe he's a liability to us now. Uh, first of all, um, let's put it out there. Ole um, has been learning on the job because tactically he's a bit... Um, um, inept, if I can use that word. So, for someone who is, you know, trying to form his tactics on the job, he's learning on the job, and then you give him someone like Ronaldo, who, like I said, about Messi, he's 36. He's not going to run around to try and press. So, you need to... The funny thing is, the player that comes just before Ronaldo yeah. is St. Alan Maximan. Yeah. For all his pace, and he actually doesn't press too backwards. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, obviously, he has been... Doesn't track back, right? Yeah, he has been given that leeway, because, obviously, basically, their outlet whenever they want to counter. So, we can't understand that. But then, with Ronaldo... Um, one thing Ole has failed to do is okay. Now we know he's 36, but um, I think they signed him for his goals. What do um, what they la- what they would lack in pressing, they will get in goals. So he needs to find a system um, that have other people covering for him when he is not pressing as much, and then making sure they are ready to create the chances for him. Everyone thought on paper it made a whole lot of sense when you have you know Sancho, Pogba, Bruno Fernandez, uh, Rashford, Martial in that team and they thought with the signing of Ronaldo he just rocket science put him in the box and then the goals will come but tactically like I said with Oli he has been learning on the job he's a bit um, you know um, limited when it comes to his tactics so I don't expect him to find the solution so quickly and I'm not surprised by that so is it an afterthought or um, yes I think because I don't think they, um, they planned to sign Ronaldo in the first place they only swooped him when it was you know looking like he was going to yeah, Manchester City legend was going to Manchester City and they didn't want that to happen because they knew what would happen if he goes to City they will feed him goals still he can't score anymore but I think uh, for Ole now he needs to find out a way to balance the team and make sure okay yes when Ronaldo is not pressing just like great Portugal do he, the same way he plays for on uh, for Portugal is almost the same way he plays um, for for Manchester. But the difference is in in, in Portugal he has he has likes of Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, and maybe Andre Silva or Gonzalo Guedes. Whoever plays 
are always going to cover extra yards for the team. So I think um, if they can find a way, uh, maybe someone should just tell Oli, for Ronaldo 2021 in Manchester United, see Ronaldo 2021 in Portugal. Maybe if we can find a way to actually link up those tactics, maybe we might see it happening. But then um, right now, yeah, it's not really looking like um, the signing is working out so far. And that's all we can take on the show tonight. Thank you for sticking with us from me and everyone in the studio. It's peace, love, and good night.